Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. What's up, 1030? How's everybody doing? Come on, watch y'all give Jesus a round of praise real quick. Come on, give Jesus your best. He's worthy of all praise and honor. Come on, here's something else to celebrate. We have five people give their life to Christ first service. Come on. And, and, and three people take a, a step of water baptism. We have a water baptism tank over here. That, and, and today, let me, just, let me just start out like this. This is tw- day 21 of our prayer and fasting. Come on. You guys made it. <clears throat> Some of y'all ready to eat. I know. I went to lunch with a friend the other day. He had orange juice. I was I'm like, why are you ordering orange juice? He's like, man, I'm just drinking juice. I'm like, dang. God must be with you, you know, and so he, he's ready to eat, and uh, I know all of us are, are ready to end the fast. Many of you have been participating in different ways. Today, the theme for day 21 is victory. That's, that, that's, we ended on just the thought of victory, and all, all of today has been about victory, and, and God has victory in the house for you, and I just sense a victory uh, in this service, and, and we, we weren't planning on doing water baptism today. My good friend Jasmine sitting over here, right here on the front row, we were in prayer yesterday. Come on, y'all, y'all give it up for Jasmine. Woo! And we had, we, we, she, she was talking and she's been, for 20 years, she's been trying to make the decision for water baptism. She said, I've been thinking about this for 20 years. And, and she was talking with a good friend of mine, Barbara, right here on the front row. And Barbara called me over and said, hey, when's our next water baptism? And I was like, it's the week after Easter. And Barbara looked at me kind of shocked. She was like, that's too far away. And, and Jasmine was sitting by her and Jasmine was like, I need, to, I need to get water baptized. I was like, how about tomorrow? And she was like, uh, Tomorrow? <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And I was like, we'll get the tank out. You know, the Bible says who, when someone got saved, who can forbid water? Hey, let's get water baptized. Hey, there's some water right there. Over and over stories were like, hey, let's get them baptized in water. There's something powerful about that. And so we just put it out spontaneously. And I was already preaching a message all around uh, what I'm going to preach on today. But I want you thinking through the thought of this, this water a little bit for your life today. Maybe you didn't come prepared to get water baptized. That's okay. We've got clothes for you. Uh, maybe you think, well, my family's not here. It's not about your family. It's about you and God. Maybe you think you're not worthy. None of us are. Maybe you think I got to clean my life up. No, that's what the water does. Maybe, you know, there's just so many excuses the devil throws at us. And, and Jasmine, in her obedience and faith yesterday, said that we took steps to do this. And three people spontaneously gave their life to Christ and then water baptism. And so... We're going to go back into worship a little bit. I got an assignment to preach to you today, so I got a, a few minutes. I need to get right into my assignment. And we're looking at Moses. Um, last week, we looked at Moses laying down the rod, laying down the staff. This week, we're going to look at Moses lifting up the staff, lifting up the rod. Uh, last week, we looked at laying down insecurity and laying down uh, things we hide behind, laying down the things that maybe disqualify us, we think, but God wants to use our mistakes for ministry. And so instead of hiding, Moses was hiding. We talked about him throwing down that disguise and being who God called him to be. And now we're looking at him in Egypt, who God called him to be, delivering two million people out of bondage. And, and there's a, a point in the story when God says, lift up the rod, lift up the staff. And so we're going to look at this story today, Exodus 14. Um, it's a powerful story about just freedom and, and victory. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, what have we done? Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. How many know Satan does not want to let you go from serving him? Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. Egypt is a picture of sin. Satan hates when we try to get away from him. Why have we done this? 
Why have we let them go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot, and he took with him people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots. So these are the Lamborghini chariots. These are the Corvette chariots. These, are, these, are, these aren't just normal chariots. These are the choice chariots. These are, these are the Tesla, you know, uh, ludicrous chariots. Somebody, come on. <laughs> these are fast chariots. And he also took with him 600 chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with captains over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. Look at that. They went out with boldness. They said, we're leaving. We got boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them by the camping by the sea beside Pi-Herioth, Pi-Herioth, or Baal-Zephon. I did it, okay? I've been practicing that. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel, look at this, lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid. Wait a minute, what happened to their boldness? Well, we see their boldness went away when they lifted up their eyes, but what happened? They lifted up their eyes in the wrong direction. The chariots were behind them. So the minute they began to look behind them, the minute they began to look at the past, the minute they began to look at what had enslaved them, they lost their faith and they lost their boldness at the same time. They lost their focus and they lost their faith. And so, and so now they're looking forward and they're complaining to Moses. And they said, we're scared. They cried to God and they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. They're like, they're throwing shade on Moses. They're like, look, dude, there ain't no graves in Egypt. We could have died there. What kind of leader are you? You got us out here. Start complaining. You bring us out to, to die. We'd rather be in Egypt like we said. Is this not the word we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve Satan than we should die in the wilderness. What they're saying is, we'd rather live in bondage than die in freedom. It's where a lot of us live. We'd rather live in bondage than die in freedom. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Come on, somebody say today. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. God's going to do some stuff in your life today. Some stuff can happen right now today. He's going to accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more again forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? One translation says, shut up, Mo. Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand of faith over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel said, go on dry ground through the mist of the sea. My title for today is Escaping Egypt. Escaping Egypt. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we can't escape a flea without your power. We can't escape anything. God, I ask you, Holy Spirit, do what you're going to do today. Help us to leave different. Whatever chased us in here, God, kill it today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Escaping Egypt. I uh, went several years ago on a team building assignment uh, to an escape room. Anybody been to an escape room? Come on. They, they're, they're terrible. I hate them. How, who hates escape rooms? They, they suck. They, it's stupid. It's like, why, why, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for creative confinement. I don't need creative confinement. 
I don't need creative confinement. I, 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 need, I need open spaces. I need mountains. I need snow skiing. I need whitewater rafting. I, I, need, I need the ocean. I need, I, need open, I need some freedom in my life. I need open spaces. I don't need confinement. And then, and then combine it with not just creative confinement. They make you do puzzles to get out. Y'all heard me say it. My wife loves puzzles. I hate puzzles. I'm puzzled enough in life. I don't need to pay to be puzzled. I'm not paying nobody to puzzle me. I'm trying to unravel the puzzle. You know what I'm talking about? I go in this little box and my team goes in and, and there's a little timer, a little ticker. And, and, and not only do they time you, they post your score publicly out in their lobby, take pictures of you. We were dummies. It took us eight hours. We never got out. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't, they had, we had fun. No, we didn't. Like the people that didn't make it out, we just had fun. We didn't make it out. And then the overachievers like we made it out in 17 seconds. Our IQ is 855. Y'all are all dumb. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't like this anyway. I'm stressing out, freaking out. I'm the leader. I get through half. We're doing puzzles. We're doing nursery rhymes, Morse code, math equations. <laughs> Trying to get out of it. And then finally, I just got ticked off. I just, I just, I just, I got frustrated. I was, I was frustrated. The chaos, the timer's ticking. I'm yelling at the team. They're yelling at me. They're doing stuff. I'm like, you don't know. What are you doing? Morris code. They're doing the, and I'm like, I just, I finally, I just sat down. I mean, I did. I said, this sucks. I was done. That's what I did. I sat down. They figured it out. Thank God for a good team. They got, we got out. They took a little picture. We had eight seconds left before it was over. You know, I'm like, we, we ain't that dumb. We made it. You learn a lot about yourself when you're trying to escape. You learn a lot about the people around you when you're trying to escape. You learn, you learn a lot about yourself in the midst of chaos. In chapters 12 and 13 and 14 in Exodus, God's people are trying to escape something. They're trying to escape out of Egypt, escape out of Pharaoh, escape out of the grips of chariots. Timers weren't chasing them. Chariots were chasing them. Uh, their life was on the line, and chaos is ensuing. They're bold, and then they get fearful. They begin to blame Moses. They begin to want to sit down, and, and, and they're coming from a place of 430 years of slavery. 430 years of captivity, 430 years. Can you imagine the mindset so much? So they said, we'd rather be in slavery than be free because we don't even know how to deal with freedom. And so they're in this place where they're like, we, we don't know what to do, but they're on the edge of escape and they're bold, but you got to back up before slavery, before the 430 years to understand the full picture. What had happened was there was a famine in the world, a famine hit and the entire world was dying. God sent a man named Joseph ahead to Egypt to prepare for the world in the middle of famine. God always has a person for his people in the middle of famine. You don't have to be scared of the stock market and scared of the supply chain and scared of toilet paper uh, running out and scared of bread running out. Come on. Every time it's like the bread's low. Come on. We, where are we? What country are we in? Shut up. You know, we got. And, and, and God always sends a provision and a person to provide. So Joseph is there in Egypt in the middle of famine. He's got favor with Pharaoh in the middle of this famine. And so now the favor, since he knows Pharaoh, uh, Joseph sends for his father Jacob and all the patriarchs. There's about 52 of them, I believe, in all. Uh, the, uh, jo uh, Jacob and his kids and the sons and his wives and all of their families. And they move down to Egypt. They, they escape famine to Egypt. They escape to Egypt. They get to Egypt. Not only did they get to Egypt, they went to a place called Goshen. Goshen is the place of the good land. Come on. It was the prime choice land. God gave, Pharaoh gave God's kids this choice land. This is where the good food was, the filet mignon. Come on, the filet mignon. Come on, somebody. This is where the, where, where the, where the, the jambalaya was and the, and, the, and the crawfish etouffee was and the collard greens were and the, and the gumbo. Come on, this is in Goshen. 
And they're eating good in Goshen for several years, years upon years, the world's starving, and God's kids are eating well in a land called Goshen, America. <laughs> and and so, so they're eating, and they've escaped to this place. And then Joseph, the Bible says, a pharaoh arose or a ruler arose that Joseph did not know or that knew not Joseph. And so when this Pharaoh came to power that didn't know Joseph, Joseph no longer had favor with Pharaoh and Joseph dies. And now there's a Pharaoh in place that doesn't believe the same way uh, over God's people. And so now what they had escaped to began to enslave them. Usually the thing that you and I escape to is the thing that enslaves us. You, you didn't escape there because uh, you, you, you wanted some sin in your life. You escaped there for survival. Usually we're escaping there for survival. And sometimes the place that you go to to escape will be the place that gets enslaved in your life. I, I know that it's not what you want. I'm not putting shame on you. You got out of some situations, but maybe you got out of that bad relationship or that bad marriage or that abusive situation and you ran into a worse relationship. You escaped and you, you survived, but then you escaped into a situation that you know is not good for you. You escaped into a relationship that's bringing you down and dragging you down or dragging you in the wrong direction, but you'd rather go in the wrong direction with someone than in the right direction lonely. And here's the thing. What you use for medication ends up being your master. It didn't start out as medication. It just started out as I just need a little, a, little, a little reprieve. I just need a little breather. But usually the habits and the things we medicate with become medication. And now this thing is a master. The pill that you started with just to help you get through the day, just to put you at sleep at night, just to wake you up, put you down, just to take the edge off. What used to be one now is a handful. The drink that used to be to take the edge off, to celebrate happy hour, just to hang out with your buddies and friends. I'm going to preach today. Is that all right? Can I get real today? I know in this holy church with halos everywhere, nobody's got any issues. Nobody deals with anything in here. But the reality is, I do, so I'm a priest to me today. What started out as one glass, what started out as just taking the edge off, maybe it became one day, two days, three days a week. Now it's your routine and, it's your routine and your habit and your pattern. It started out as some medication, but now it's a master. You were lonely and you didn't get the affection from your father or your mother. So you're looking out to find approval from a man or a woman from sex. What started as a hangout turned into a hookup. You never intended to feel dirty. You never intended to want to feel that way. You, didn't, you don't like that feeling, but, but you'd rather have, have a dirty connection than, than clean confinement and be by yourself. It didn't, it didn't start out as just being addicted to social media and likes, but you're looking for love addicted to likes. Now you're looking at everybody's life on through a filter and you're depressed on the inside and isolated because it's not a real life. Food didn't start out as your master. It started out as, you know what, let me just have a little chicken soup for the soul. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, but now you begin to medicate and every emotion has to be met with food and now it's a, a master of your life. And, you know, it didn't start out as, as a master, but success. You told yourself, I'll never be a failure. I'll never be poor like my parents. I'll never not have enough. I'll never, I will not fail. But now you're failing in the areas that are important because you're addicted to the cost of success. And what, what you escaped to has become the thing that's enslaved you. There's times in my life that I've escaped to things and they've enslaved me. The problem with Egypt is it works for a while. It feeds you and it feels good. But the reality is it works until it doesn't work. 
It works until you, you want to run from it and it doesn't work any longer. And then you want to get away from it, but you can't get away from it anymore. And it's not working anymore. And the neurons and the pathways in your mind are burned up and your emotions are spent and you're depressed and isolated. It works until it doesn't work. The problem with Egypt is it feeds you one day and flogs you the next. I'm talking to some young people in here, I hope. Because you, 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 you can make choices right now that you will never regret in the future if you make some decisions. So we find ourselves trying to escape Egypt. My question is, what are you escaping to? And what have you escaped to that now has enslaved you? They come to the Red Sea and Pharaoh is behind them. The chariots are chasing them. They've come out with boldness. And let me say this to you. Whenever you decide I'm escaping Egypt, Satan always sends chariots chasing Whenever you make a decision, I'm escaping Egypt, Satan always sends chariots chasing. I, I, I could tell you the decisions that I, I, I tried to get away from, and when I was escaping Egypt, I could tell you the stories, but this is a rated PG-13 room, and so I, I can't go into the stories of the, of the chariots that Satan threw my way. But all of a sudden, you decided, you know what, I'm going to live right for Jesus, and then that girlfriend from 22 years ago shows up with your phone number, you're like, how in the world did she get my number? Pharaoh, <laughs> Satan, trying to serve God, trying to serve Jesus, and like all of a sudden the hottest person you've ever talked to wants to go out with you. You're like, God, but look how hot they are. And God's like, that's the point. You can't pull them. That's the devil. <laughs> if they out of your league, you know it's the devil. <laughs> here, here, here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Satan knows you make decisions by the lust of the eyes. And so he knows if he can get you to make decisions by this and to fill this in the hole in your soul, then he could drag you back to Egypt because you've made decisions by this and not by the word of God. Let me, I said this the other day. Let, let me say this. Young people or people dating, if you're dating in here, this is a part of another series. My wife's going to teach the, come on, baby. I love you so much. She's, she's going to teach the first message on, on our relationship series. Uh, she, she, we married and she waited for me that, you know, the best there was. And so... So she's going to talk about waiting for the best. And, uh, but, but let me just give you this one piece of advice. If you're, if you're single or you're thinking about dating, give someone veto power over your decision. Because your soul is so twisted up in the decisions and your emotions. I'm telling you, this will save some of your lives today. Give someone, some leader you trust, a Christian, come on, somebody that loves God, <laughs> veto power over the decision of who you date and who you marry. Even who you marry. You're like, I ain't never doing that. That's why you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I don't prophesy that. I prophesy good things over you, that you will give someone veto power, and you'll let God make that decision. You make these decisions. You decide to come back to church and flee from the enemy, and all of a sudden your schedule changes at work. You, you decide, I'm going to live right, and all of a sudden your old wrong buddies show back up. The Bible says these chariots chase them, and here's what's interesting. It says, and they caught up with them. You ever been chased by anything? Come on, the weirdest thing I've ever been chased by was a goose. Ever been chased by a goose? That's freaky, man. Like, uh, 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 uh. And you want, I mean, like, I have a conscience. I want to kick that thing in the head. I can't kick a goose. Like, and they're aggressive. You're like, I will kick you. You're talking to it. I will, I, I will kick you. Like, it knows English. You know what I mean? It's like, I've been chased by a goose. Chased, chased, by, chased by a dog. That's scary. Chased by a goat. That's demonic. I've seen it. My kids ate goats. They got bit by goats when they were little. Took them to the goat farms and all that. But have you ever been chased by a decision from your past? 
And not only chased by it, has it ever caught up to you maybe? A decision you made and it caught up in your life. The Bible says that they were chased, but not only were they chased, the chariots caught up to them. Let me, let me say this. I, I want to encourage you. The chariots that caught them could not kill them. Some of you feel like the decisions and the things from your past that have caught up to you, Satan's job is to tell you that it will kill you. Devil, the devil wants to put fear in you and make you believe that if it catches you, it can kill you. But I'm here to tell you, God's here to say to you that just because it catches you doesn't mean it can kill you. Chariots show up behind them. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The chariots are there to kill them and can't kill God's people. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say no weapon shall be formed. It says no, the, the weapon will be formed. It will be fashioned. It will be made. Satan will use every tool and every tactic to get at your mind, to get at your soul, to get at your energy, to get at your faith. The weapon will be formed. But it says it shall not prosper. Just because it catches up with you does not mean it will kill you. And why, well, here, Here's my question, though then why did God allow the chariots to catch them? If he wasn't going to allow the chariots to kill them, why did he allow the chariots to catch them? And I think it's, I think it's simple. I just a thought, because chariots don't kill Christians. Complacency does. Chariots don't kill churches. Complacency does. And, and so there's a tank there where you might need to take a step in boldness and not be complacent. Every week we say, put your hands up to God and worship him. And maybe that's a step for you to, to put your hands up and not be complacent in your worship, to be proactive in your worship. I was talking to a buddy, his, his brother, for the first time in service, put his hands up. That's so powerful. Many of you think, well, I, I'm gonna look stupid. I'm gonna feel ashamed, especially men. What's everybody gonna think? No, 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 no. You need to break off the fear of people, break off the fear of mankind. I'm gonna worship God. Some of you in here, you'll never raise your hands because I told you to. Well, he told me to. I ain't doing it. What if God told you to? You probably wouldn't do it either. The Bible says, lift your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Paul says, I wish that men everywhere without, without, without wrath and doubting would lift up holy hands. Well, that's the Old Testament. No, that's Paul. That's Timothy. That's New Testament, baby. Lift up holy hands. Nah, it's just not my personality. Nah, it doesn't matter doesn't doesn't matter I'm giving you scripture y'all can go out here and argue with me, but that's the Bible argue with God it's not about emotion it's not about uh, you know contemporary it's not about hype it's not about oh that's not no it's the Bible here, here's why I preach to you why do you preach like this? Because, because, because it's, it, makes, it causes motion. Emotion causes motion. It causes you to not be complacent. It causes you to take steps. And if the enemy can get you to sit down, he can defeat you. I, I try to move you with preaching because it's, it's moving you out of complacency. Chariots don't kill Christians. Complacency does. Satan came up behind them, and the Bible says they turned around and they looked and they lost their faith, and they said, we'd rather die in bondage than live in freedom. If I break up with her, I'll die. If she leaves me, I'll die. I'd rather live in bondage than die single. If I quit that, I'll die. You might, but you'll be free. You're dead anyway. We're dead in Christ. The good news is Christ died so that you can live. You can bury all that in Jesus. You can bury all that in the tank, and you can come up and live free. 
chariots chase us to keep us from being complacent. And they're escaping Egypt and they look ahead and they're breaking free. God says that he brings them out with 10 plagues and all these crazy diseases and blood and frogs and uh, you know, just y'all read the story. I mean, all of a sudden, then they, they kill the firstborn and they, they get spared from the wrath of God. That's the point of Jesus. Jesus, God killed himself to save us from himself. That's deep. And, they, and, the, and the wrath of God went over Egypt and the lamb of the blood of the lamp was put on the door of their houses. And that's the salvation of the blood of Jesus. Then he gave them gold and silver and they looted Egypt and went out with plunder to worship God in the desert. They instituted the Passover and the firstborn was dedicated. The Holy Spirit shows up. The Bible says Holy Spirit shows up in a cloud. The Egyptians and Satan are chasing. We need the Holy Spirit to get us free from Satan. The cloud of fire and the pillar, the cloud and the pillar of fire are over them by day and night, literally going before and behind them. This is what the scripture says. He's a guide and guard. Exodus 14, 19. And the angel of God who went before them moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Here's what God's saying: the Holy Spirit has your back, so you don't have to look back. You keep looking back, and as you look back, you lose your faith because focus determines faith. And so God's saying, I got your back so you can look forward, so you can be who you're called to be. And he's helping you escape today. He's helping me escape today. I'm escaping Egypt today. Exodus 14, Moses says to the people, do not be afraid. Here's the practical. I've preached to you. Let me give you three practical thoughts. He says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. Number one, fear not. Fear not. We live in a world of fear. Of God's people, we should be the most bold, the most brave, the most courageous of all people. And can I tell you, when coronavirus hit this planet, we were so scared. Come on, I, I'm just telling you, God, the devil scared the church. He scared us. He scared us for our life. We hold on to our lives, these temporal lives, with everything we got. And we were so scared of what that meant at the cost of confining ourselves around the world. Listen to me, I'm not saying don't be wise. Be wise. I was wise. I'm going to be wise. But the fear that set in. We isolated and secluded. We thought, and I, I'm just, I just, I want to tell you that Satan's job is to always make you afraid to get you to back up, go back, look back, or to stop. And I, I just, I'm just asking you, fear not. God is with you. God is for you. And as soon as coronavirus died down, what came out? Monkeypox. <laughs> you know, when they try to scare you with monkeypox, you know, they, they're pulling out every tactic. Like they went from chickens to monkeys. Monkeypox. Like, oh my God. And I ain't never seen a monkey pog. <laughs> Fear's job is to keep you from freedom. Fear's job is to get you to quit. And, and, and write this down. God knows that you can't get the victory if you're still a victim. It's proof of God's kids, the Israelites in the wilderness. They got deliverance, but they were still victims. You can get deliverance and still not be free in here. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is, listen, deliverance, deliverance, let me say it this way. There were no Ten Commandments in Egypt. So deliverance isn't something that I deserve or that I earn. Deliverance is my destiny. Deliverance is your destiny. 
And so, and so when they begin to move out and get deliverance, if deliverance was about a moment and not a mindset, the enemy could enslave you at any moment in your life. And that's the problem with a lot of us. Deliverance is about a moment that we're entrapped in when it's actually a mindset of faith that God is with me, God is for me, no matter what's in front of me. I'm not looking back, I'm walking forward. There might be chariots chasing me, but I'm not gonna respond in fear. Keep your faith strong, keep your faith forward. Victory is a mindset. Number two, stand still. Moses says, fear not, stand still. Probably the hardest part of being human is standing still, not fighting, is so frustrating. And when, hear me, when it says stand still, it doesn't mean don't move. It means don't be moved. Because they were about to move. They were about to walk. Well, I'm just going to stand still. Just God does his thing. No, no, they had to walk. It meant don't be moved in Joy. Don't be moved from faith. Don't be moved from strength. Don't be moved from, don't be moved from who God's called you to be. I'm not going to be moved. The hardest part is not responding to the email. The hardest part is not posting back. The hardest part is not gossiping and tearing them down. Come on, somebody. The thing that's chasing you, stand still. God's got that thing taken care of. Stand still. And the last thing that he says is, you shall see the salvation of God today. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see this big crazy scene and chariots drowned and all the wheels coming off. That's what happens. But it's more than that. He says, you're going to see the entire picture of the salvation of God. That when you stand in faith and you face forward and you believe God, no matter what's chasing you, it can't kill you. And literally, you're going to see God work on your behalf in ways you could never imagine. Whatever chased you in here today, whatever you've escaped to that's enslaved you has to actually be chased by God. I believe that's the day for us today. I believe it's the day for you today. Moses says this. He says, listen, lift up your rod. Stretch out your hand. God tells Moses and the water will part. There's a time to pray and there's a time to push. There's a time to lift up and not be complacent. The time you say, you know what? I'm making a decision. I'm stepping out. I'm going to get water baptized. I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to join the team. I'm going to serve on Saturday. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to jump into the move of God that's happening here. This is holy ground. I'm going to be a part. And I, I just think you will see the salvation of God. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says that all the Jews, all of Israel, all of God's kids, were under the cloud and went through the sea. Can, can I tell you that God's taken you through it? Many of you have asked to get out of it. But God said if you get out of it, you won't get anything from it. And so I'm going to give you strength to get through it. I'm going to bring you through it. They went through it. They didn't work around it. Some of you have been working around your issues for so long, you won't deal with the real issue. you got workarounds. I remember when I was a kid, chubby kid, lazy kid, wouldn't get off the couch, invented a big old long stick to change the channel on the TV because we didn't have remotes. I don't know what I'm talking about. It took me 22 minutes to hit the volume button. I could have got up and stood up and changed the channel in an instant, but I was too complacent to do it. Come on. Maybe today's the day you just stand up. Quit making a workaround. They went through the water. They went through the water. The water's right here. I don't know for you today. We're going to worship again. We're going to sing to God. And, 
And, and, and maybe you got your own clothes on. Maybe you want to get some other clothes from Annie's right here from our team. But I'm telling you, you came in here with stuff chasing you. The Bible says they went through the water and the stuff that was chasing them, the water, this is what the Bible says. It says that the Holy Spirit cloud was there. God actually looked down through the cloud of the Spirit. It says he began to wobble the wheels on the chariots of what was chasing them. Do you know that God can look down through the Holy Spirit and wobble the wheels off that addiction, wobble the wheels off of that relationship that's not good, wobble the wheels off of that thing that's chasing you. It can wobble some stuff so it can't chase you any longer. The Israelites, the the Egyptians said, oh my God, God is fighting for them. We must turn around and run. The thing that you're escaping from has to escape from you today. The thing that you've been running from has to run from you today. Would you stand to your feet with me? Come on, I just want to give you a a time here to just reflect and go, you know what? I'm not going to let this chase me any longer. I'm not going to let this come after my life. I'm telling you, you can bury it in the water today. They went through the water. The water opened up. They came out of the water. The water drowned the Egyptian satanic army that was chasing them. Some of you need some stuff drowned off your life today. You've been trying to do it in your own strength. Today's the day. Don't be complacent. Lift up your faith. Lift up your rod. Come on, walk forward in that. Let's worship God. If that's you, would you just make your way over here? Come on, Jasmine's going to be with us. If that's you, let's worship God and give your life to God right now in this moment. Come on, make steps of faith right now. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.